Welcome everyone, my name is Zane again, and you're listening to In The Making. This show is all about the people in tech, right? From students to startups, from authors to people who are not authors. I wanted to make this show so you could hear from people that in tech, no matter what their stories are, who want to share their tools, who want to share their mindsets, you, so that no matter who you are, no matter what part, no matter what path you take into the industry, You'll be able to live a fuller life. You'll be able to have more, you find purpose in your work. And then hopefully you'll also have a good time while, while doing it. So this episode, I want to feature Nick Laura. He's a junior at the CSN3 Color Program, which is a, a three years accelerated bachelor's program in CS at CSUMB. That's the California State of Monterey Bay. Uh, he's also a technical PM at CodePath's Android University. I'm so excited to figure out what that actually means. But he's also won the, the best overall app and product idea at their Summer Tech Fellow Demo Day, which is cool. And I've uh, been a web developer. He's been doing programming workshops for people between 7 and 17, which is uh, that in itself deserves some snaps at a big range. And also an incoming intern at Gusto. He originally comes from Salinas Valley. It's a part of California, and he has a, uh, his family's from Mexico. So that being said, awesome. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. I always wanted to be on one of these, and uh, it's pretty cool that you're doing this. Um, shout out to everyone listening, Make School, CSUMB, everyone interested in this. This is, you're doing great stuff. I appreciate that. Right, so. Let's get started. I, I wanted to get into this originally just to talk about Android. Like that's like the other half of the, like 51% of the, the mobile market. But I also want to, you know, seeing that you, your background and everything, I've never met like anyone like you before, like seen anyone who comes from like the agricultural background. So I, I wanted to start with the, the kind of some of the backstory. Can you tell me like what it's like to grow up in the Salinas Valley and and how that may or may not have like fed into your interest to do what you do now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, growing up in Salinas Valley, yeah, it is quite uh, unique. Even though um, when I first, when I was growing up, it didn't seem like that. Everyone came from the same background. I didn't really leave Salinas Valley till like high school. I really explored outside. Um, growing up here in the Salinas Valley, uh, no exposure <laughs> to computer science. So. That's uh, uh, all ag based. My parents are family, uh, parents uh, and family and friends, like mostly all work in agriculture. So it's surprising to see anybody like the software here. Um, when I first started getting into CS, um, it wasn't until college um, here, like I mentioned, ag, all ag. So it wasn't until I went to college, I went to the local community college here, Arno. Uh, uh, Harnell College. Uh, shout out to Professor Correa. He was my first uh, computer science teacher. Um, and growing up, I, I was always interested in like engineering, math. Uh, my father, when he was in Mexico, uh, he studied chemical engineering. Mm -hmm. So I knew growing up, I had to do something uh, engineering-like. Uh, so because he's a big inspiration uh, behind what I do. Um, yeah. And like I mentioned, like, uh, the reason why I do like the uh, that coder dojo instructor position here at Salinas Valley for students between the ages seven and seventeen is because there's no exposure here to like computer science. Well, it's fixed now, kinda by this program. 
so and it's crazy to see like these kids like in middle school like making projects <laughs> that I couldn't make until like college level like I had uh the summer course that I taught this summer uh these kids built like a web shop and it mimicked like one of the HM&M stores and it was super super dope so yeah yeah I have to say like I, I, I agree with that like fully like the like the way kids are like nowadays I guess we, we sound like we're probably old but like <laughs> the, the, yeah it's crazy and what's even more crazy like how is that like possible like like we're talking like even when you were growing up like in the United States like but it's still like no exposure to tech was it like no exposure to like like just iPads and like mobile phones or like how I can imagine like even just like some some help like no TVs no nothing like what was that well well in my house we had like one TV like in the living room and so everyone would take turns just watching and like on Saturdays, we'd watch like TV all together, or I don't know if it was Saturdays where like um, like Pokemon would come out on like the Warner Brothers uh, channel. I forgot what it's called, but we would always go up in there. But school-wise, yeah, there was like limited technology. Um, we didn't have like we just had like the basics here at Greenfield. This is a town that I'm in uh, in the Salinas Valley. It's like low income, all ag based. Uh, school like needs funding and it's like you don't really get that exposure you do from like big cities mm. so like when I first went into like CSUMB it's crazy like people there like oh yeah I already know how to do this like yeah I built this like <laughs> in like well, what do you some schools have like AP computer science and I'm like whoa that's crazy like I didn't know the, <laughs> that even existed and so it's definitely um an obstacle to overcome coming from like a small town you don't have those tools that you do get from like a bigger city like Salinas which is not that big but still bigger than the town that I grew up in or Monterey where they have more uh more uh, opportunities for sure yeah that's the part I've always lived in my big city so I, I can't even imagine what that's like but again I just I really like seeing that part of the story because uh, my grandfather was a uh, he was a he was a farmer right he, he did that kind of thing so i like that part of uh, that's dope yeah going off that you did uh, at one point i was also reading your, your linkedin resume you actually worked as like as a field worker can you speak oh, yeah the, that experience <laughs> yeah for sure um so this was in high school uh, at this time my brother he's older than me uh by like three years and I was a freshman and he had just graduated uh, uh, high school and he started uh, going to school at Fresno State and so uh, being like a first generation like home it's pretty tough when someone in your family's going to college like someone has to pay for that college you know like uh, so in doing so like we went through like some tough times so I decided like take up on myself to over the summer uh, I worked as a, a broccoli cutter which respect to everyone that's done like field work it's a super hard skill to develop I, I couldn't get it right to like a month in I remember uh at one point we we're cutting cauliflower and our whole like <laughs> squad got shut down because it wasn't like cut right so it's definitely like years of experience that you need to do like it's a skill that you need and like these field workers uh I personally think they're underpaid undervalued like essential workers like 
day in and day out. They're out there through this pandemic working like their butts off. So hats off to everyone out there. Uh, shout out to my mom. She's working uh, right now at a like a flower plant, still ag based, uh, but it's working with flowers. Uh, my dad right now is working for Dole here in Soledad, which is one of the larger uh, ag based companies, which is pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta say, like when you think about it, like not, I'm glad you actually brought that up because, like, if I think about it, like if if like if you're if you're doing software engineering and you screw up, it's okay. If you're like making people's food like in the fields, like that's that's crazy. So for sure, yeah. they, they must have like tons of skills. And... Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, screwing up is bad. It's because you're working like with a knife. I've cut myself so many times. I had to stop working once because like you have to like cut up and my finger, like my index finger was in the way and it went pop and it hit the bone. And so I had to stop. And like everyone was like years of experience and like, dang, like, <laughs> yeah. So pretty, pretty, you really need to be skilled at the work. Most definitely. Hard fought lessons. <laughs> yeah. Slice right through. Yeah, it hurt. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta commend you for like. It sounds like you just like it wasn't even like oh like yeah, like I like our family had a business right and like you know, like when we came I was fourteen years old. I I, I asked my dad like we he had an old convenience store and it's like you know I, I kind of relate to you know you coming up hey come on, then it's time for you to like really help out around this. Store. But it sounds like you didn't even like like you just like stepped up to help pay for your brother's uh college tuition and see and it sounds like was it a lot of fun like what was like what's your like your best memory from being <laughs> so uh, definitely it's a love and hate relationship because uh things okay i'll start off with the best things and i'll get into like the worst stuff uh best things are the people you have like the funniest conversations with the community there oh they have stories like stories because you're out there and you're out there with the same people for like eight to 10 hours and they make good conversation stories about Mexico, uh, jokes or like folk tales. Though. So, and then during the lunch breaks, everybody just get together having our meals. It's just like a great, like, like, um, like a vibe to it, you know, like you're, you're with your people. You're like here, like, you're like, Oh man, I'm having a time of my life. Uh, things I don't miss waking up super early man oh my oh my gosh we would uh sometimes we would start like at 6 a.m in Watsonville which given Greenfield is like 50 minutes away so if we're starting at 6 you have to leave your house by like 5 a.m here which means you have to be up by like 4 30 <laughs> so I I don't miss like waking up that early 4 30 uh and then those 12 hour shifts at the end you come out and an hour drive back it's just your time being wasted and then you get home and you're too tired to like play video games or chat with your friends or do homework in, in a sense where you just want to sleep and once you fall asleep you're right back up you have to go back to work which which is something i don't miss but definitely was a one of the best experiences of my life definitely uh taught me hard work ethic um yeah most definitely yeah learn, learn hard work 
you think you took some of that like to when, once you start like studying CS in college and and also the community aspect? Most definitely, yeah. So, uh, given that uh, I come from my background and I learned like the hard work ethic, I always find myself like I feel like I'm not doing as much as I should. So that's why I think it's also one of my faults that I gravitate to whatever opportunity comes my way. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that much. Like I know someone else is working harder than me. Uh, I need to grab that opportunity uh, as like whatever it needs, I need to do to take that opportunity. I have to take it. Or if it's something that I'm, I, it's out of like my talent range, I, I, I'm gonna try to do it. And cause I be, I'm a big strong believer of like work ethic is like far more of a superior talent than actual like talent. Like if you, someone, if you work hard enough, you're gonna out like, you're gonna outbeat someone that's better than you that had, that came from a better background, had more opportunities. If you work harder than them, uh, you're gonna surpass them. For sure, for sure. I gotta say like that, that feeling of like, I'm not working hard enough. It probably, like it's not totally irrational too. Like the world's a big place. Like there probably is like, you know, I know like 12 year old, like, like there's probably a 12 year old today who's like learning the latest in like AR, VR, like no one knows about. I, yeah. I just have to go on this tangent. I met with uh, Thomas Suarez. Have you seen like, there's like that TED talk where it's like the 12 year old app developer? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I love TED talks so, though. So I'll probably check it out after this. Yeah, like this this kid is like 12 years old. Just he goes up there. He was like doing iOS stuff back like 12 years old. And he's like our age too. So like what the heck? Yeah, he was like one of my first episodes. I was like, okay, he was like 12 year old, 12 years old. Now what's he doing today? And it's like just like crazy startup stuff and and that kind of Oh, stuff. he was uh the the person that was on your first podcast? Yeah, like one of my first episodes. So. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, because I, I checked out the first one, which was like a CTO of uh, I forget what company. Oh, but the, it was pretty you, time. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you think you like it. So, but moving on. So you 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 decide okay, you know, maybe CS is is my like. Well, it sounds like you had that interest in computer science. It's crazy that like you're around these people, but like, oh, you've already had like four years experience you did in high school, but you knew you had that work ethic. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, but I'm still like, kind of like curious, like a lot of folks who come in from a non-traditional tech background might be, but even some people who do like studying CS in college, a lot of them take four years, let alone three years. So I'm <laughs> here, what, what made you want to take on the CS in three uh, program at CSU. Yeah, now that I think of it, yeah, it was pretty, pretty a big leap to do computer science in the first place and then do it in three years because it definitely is challenging. You're taking eighteen to twenty units per semester, and then you, if if you want to do extracurriculars, you have to like stack that on top of each other. So the main reason why I chose like this CSU three program. So after high school. I decided to take uh, a break because um, my brother was still in college and I decided like uh, two people <laughs> in college in a, in a family is not gonna be like the best situation for everyone to be in. We were pretty stressed out at that point. So uh, during that time, I was a baker here at a local donut shop, uh, MP Donuts. 
Shout out Marisol, Faye, my sister. My sister's working there right now as a uh, cashier. But I was a baker, yeah, for like two years, just grinding it out. And it was, that was like my leave from working in agriculture because I knew I didn't want to do that stuff. So I was like, I'm gonna find a different job. And I found this position as a baker and started doing all that stuff. And then finally, uh, like two years after, uh, my brother graduated, uh, he got his uh, master's in science in animal science. And so that's when I was like, you know what? I'm gonna focus back on school. And so I found out about the CSN3 program. Like, man, I had two years off just working. Uh, I could have gone to school at the same time. Like this three years is kind of making up for that time loss that I, that I, like, that I didn't do while I was a baker. So I decided to apply uh, and I got in and it's probably one of the best decisions I've made in my life. I, another shout out to Satya and Utsa and all the cohort mates. It's, it's, it seems pretty intimidating at first doing three years in computer science because you're, you are, it's a big workload. And apart from the workload, uh, the CSN3 program has other extracurricular activities that you have to attend in order to maintain uh, like your status in the cohort. And uh, it, it's pretty difficult, but I, I would say like being in a group with 20, uh, 20 people uh, all doing CS about your same age uh, really motivates you. You become like friends like throughout, throughout the whole thing. I know right now every day, like even I'm not even doing computer science or I'll play like games. I'm playing with my cohort mates. I'm playing with Nick, Rodrigo, Michaela. We're just like, after we're done with homework, we're focusing on games or like chatting up what, what books we're reading stuff like that. So definitely uh, it is a workload, but given the community that CSUMB has built for the CSM3 program, it's, it's, it's amazing. Wow, that, that's so cool to hear. It all goes back to the, the, the peer group and so much of that just it helps with the motivation. Exactly, yeah, you can't, can't do everything on your own. You gotta, that's like a lesson I learned. You gotta reach out for people. Like you're not in this by yourself, you know? You, get, you got people to lean on and people to lean on you. So it's pretty great. I have to say, I, I, I can't imagine being what a baker must be like. You, you have a, you know, this must be a good time of year, like right around Christmas. Uh, you, have, you guys like, do a lot of baking this time of year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, uh, recently, it was my cousin's birthday, um, December 1st, and we baked uh, like two cakes for him. So it was pretty nice. Yeah. So we were cooking up something here at the Lada household. But yeah. What's that? Right, well, I'm glad you brought your, your peer group, right? Because the next thing was like leadership, right? So I, and I've seen, you know, multiple experiences as a, as a teacher, as a supporter, kind of all these like different titles, but they all mean leadership, right? I've seen yeah. you, you taught, uh, I, and I heard about your, your interest in math and you've been a calculus teacher, obviously web and now mobile development. What can, what's like your favorite uh, experience in teaching? What did you uh, so I think like my favorite experiences would probably draw to the coder dojo like instructing like the kids here from 7 to 17 mm -hmm. it's just great to give back to the community especially uh that they don't have that much exposure to computer science that really 
out of all the things that I do, I think that one like touches me the most because I'm I'm not doing it for myself, even though it is computer science and I'm I, I am getting something out of it. But at the end of the day, I'm not doing it for for me. I'm doing it for to give back to my community. Like uh, that's probably one of the, my favorite experiences as a as a teacher supportive leadership role. Uh, was that the only question, or was there another one? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I kind of see that too. Like I, I said, in my like little town, I, I that was kind of my first thing with with like computer science. I made an Alexa skill like helping like senior citizens like the the complete inverse of your age group i was trying to <laughs> that's dope <laughs> and i i feel that like like giving back to the community i was i was and to follow up with that like how did that experience really change you like was it around the time of high school was it around the time of, well, i know you're doing like right now too right yeah yeah right now i'm currently mm -hmm. uh well, right now we just finished our uh, fall session for Coder Dojo, so we're not going to start up to spring. Uh, if anybody of Singles Valley is listening uh, and you have someone that's 7 through 17, uh, I think applications are opening up soon. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, so I think the ways that these like shape me would be like, uh, definitely works on my public speaking. Like I think before like all this, like teaching, uh, helping out as a TA, supplemental instructor for calculus. I was very shy, uh, like speaking in a group setting. Like if I'm the only one talking, um, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Like it's, I get really shy, my voice lowers. You could hear like, it sounds like I'm about to cry or something, but definitely now uh, I've built a little bit more confidence. I still need a bunch of work. We always, there's always room for uh, improvement, but definitely a huge leap uh, what I used to be. Uh, also, when you teach, you're actually learning more since you're explaining it to someone else, which is something that I learned in calculus because I was taking calculus B and doing a supplemental instructor for calculus A. And we're doing some stuff in calculus B like, damn, this is so hard. And then when I went to go uh, supplemental instructor for calculus A, uh, they're going over a similar topic uh, and I had to explain it to them. And in doing so, it helped me in my class understand the concept way better, which is one of the biggest thing I love about teaching is you get to get something out of it, giving back to someone. Yeah. Someone in the audience right now is just like having nightmares from their previous calculus classes. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, calculus, yeah. Uh, I used to want to be a math major, honestly. I love calculus. It's pretty cool. No, yeah, like, uh, and, and all that, and all that kind of stuff like informs computer science too. Like it comes up with, you know, like different kinds of linear algebra, like computer animation. Yeah, exactly. But now this, that's not what we're here. We're here for some <laughs> Android stuff. So yes, sir. Android. It's it's this thing that like no one at make school really knows about, right? So. Can you give me a sense, like, what is Android, like, in your own words? And, like, how did you get started as an Android developer? Uh, for sure. So, starting off with Android. Oh, wait, let's see. Yeah, so what Android uh, is. So, Android is an operating system. Like, uh, I know uh, people make school probably familiar with, like, Windows or Mac OS. 
So it's just like the system your computer's running on. So Android is what's running on those phones. So, uh, so it's a big, big industry. Uh, so there's software, there's data, there's mobile development. So this is a big field of computer science. Uh, and I definitely encourage at least uh, give it a try or look, uh, do some research on it and see if it's something that's interesting in you. Uh, how I started in mobile development. So given uh, last fall, 19, as I mentioned, I always wanted to find something and grab it. Like I, I'm not working hard enough. I need something to do. And in doing so, I found out about CodePath. So CodePath is a uh, nonprofit that aims to uh, help underrepresented students and minorities in colleges. So it's to basically give them uh, that experience that most uh, students from those underrepresented uh, communities, uh, a better chance of progressing in the industry. And I thought it was an amazing uh, like organization. And I was like, damn, I really need to be a part of this. And in doing so, I signed up for their iOS course at first. And then like a week later, uh, Dennis, so he's one of the gurus at uh, CodePath and he's also a CSUMB student right now. Uh, shout out to Dennis. Uh, he brought uh, their Android course to CSUMB as a club. So our Android University uh, club here at CSUMB. And so at the time I'm like, damn, I really want to do <laughs> both. Both of them seem amazing, iOS and Android, but uh, you always got to watch your limits. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do Android. Uh, you get, uh, I know someone cause he's, uh, in the CSN three, uh, cohort, but he's one year above me. So this is, he's a senior at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was like, you know what? Uh, this sounds like a better opportunity. I know the person that's teaching it. Uh, it's only going to be, it's going to be a smaller group. The other one was like nationwide. So I was going to be in a group with like a hundred people. And this one was just like, 16 of us no i think it was like 10 of us at the time and i was like yeah i'm gonna do this and doing so i got to learn like how to work with android i learned how to build my own twitter application flickster application instagram created my own uh like uh back end and uh just to give you guys like an idea this was my second semester and i was building like this stuff like i had three projects already and a final project uh, in my first year of like the CSN3 program. So this was like an amazing like pro, uh, like experience that I went through. So uh, that's when Dennis reached out. He's like, hey, um, we're gonna try to bring this back again this fall. Uh, do you wanna do, uh, do you wanna take over the uh, technical program manager uh, position? You know, like that sounds sick, uh, I'm down. And so I spent the summer going over the training and for this fall, we went from 10 the first semester and we had 25 people enrolled in the program. So that's like, what, double and a half of the students like in the club and yeah. just like over a semester. So it was amazing. And everyone that did it this semester was like, had a great experience. Uh, this past uh, Saturday, we had our demo day for six groups. So. Uh, they all had presenting, we had, um, in the, we reached out, we had to reach out to like industry, uh, like software engineers to come in and like help us judge. And it was a great experience. We had some prizes. We had um, well, one of the founders, uh, Nathan, uh, show up to the demo day 
and speak to us. Uh, he was a key, uh, keynote speaker, which was amazing. And I definitely encourage uh, make school students. I know this semester we allowed five people uh, that weren't CSUMB students uh, into our course. I don't know if that's still gonna be it this semester, I'm hoping, uh, but CodePath, like I mentioned, they have that nationwide course and you guys can apply it. So even if you're not interested in Android, they have iOS, they have cybersecurity. And over the summer, this is top tier course that you could take. It's a, a, like an interview course. It's something similar to the course that we took over the summer. We did you do the IPS, right? Yeah. But this one's uh, a little bit more hands-on. So uh, they go over uh, like interview problems. You have more mock interview sessions. And at the end, uh, they have a career fair uh, day where they select, like they have companies come in and they match you with those companies. And you get to either speak one-on-one -on -one with the recruiter or join the, like a group session with these recruiters, which is like, what more can you ask for if you're looking for an internship or a job? I know a bunch of my like friends that I met through CodePath like received internships through those programs. And yeah, it's definitely a great experience. And I definitely recommend everyone listening uh, to sign up. That's amazing, that's amazing. Yeah, it seems like, it sounds like, you know, you just, you start at this one course and like by your second semester, like building all these full stack applications. That's like the secret sure. of like what all, what we're all trying to do. Like at CSUMB, you're doing it in three years, make school uh, advertises their two year program, but like accelerated learning is like just, I think that's the key thing. Like if you can unlock that, that's like, just, that's an advantage that. I thought, for I thought, sure. So yeah, what exactly. do you think, like, yeah, no, for sure. Like, and what I was, I'm curious to hear, like, what do you think really made that possible for you? Like you went into a smaller group, you knew everyone there. Do you think that had something to do with like how you like, like, like people always talk about like study groups and it's like, how many of us actually do it? But do you think like that had something to do with it? Uh, yeah, I definitely, if, uh, this is definitely like a cheat for any of your classes. Definitely, uh, we I am privileged to have my own cohort, so we always have those study sessions, and we have mandatory uh, work sessions, like given the CSN three program, mm -hmm. where you have to sit in uh, before windows in person. They booked us a room where we had to go in there and had to stay there for like an hour and a half just to do work. And at first, the first semester it was mandatory, but after that it was just like uh, it's optional. And you see when it became optional, I, I felt like everyone still came, like we still came, did our work. And it's definitely that sense of community, knowing that, um, that you have someone else doing that course with you, or if you're stuck on someone, you don't have to reach out to a random student in your class where, where it's, you're kind of intimidated, where this is like your friend that you've been with them for like two years already. Or if you're stuck on this and, don't know like how to solve this bug uh it's easier to reach out to someone that you know that that's going to help you that you've helped in the past which definitely makes a difference wow. like, just that is yeah it seems like you, you have that like first semester and like after that just turns like habit like just do it anyway yeah most definitely habits is one of the most important things that you could develop for sure mm -hmm. Let's see. So, 
Was it hard to reach out to those uh those software engineers too for your your demo day? What was that experience like? I would say if I would have to do this like my first or second semester, it would have been difficult. Reaching out like cold emailing people, it's it's kind of intimidating at first. So if you're reaching out, even like reaching out to a recruiter, hey, uh, I'm interested in this internship. I feel like I'm a great fit. I've done X, Y, Z. Can you look over my resume? Uh, you're kind of intimidated your first year, but um, doing it once, it's scary. But then once you realize that uh, once not gonna cut it, you're gonna have to email like 15, 20 uh, engineers or people to reach out to, uh, it becomes easier. Like. Uh, it just becomes like you become accustomed to it and then you don't become that like shy person anymore. And uh, yeah, and we ended up getting uh, Anna Santos from Charles Schwab. Uh, it's like a finance company. Uh, Utsab, he was a professor. Well, he is a professor now at CSTMB, but was a software engineer at uh, Splunk. And uh, Ash was, which who was a Android developer uh, I forget for what company, uh, that was, uh, Eric was one of the ones that reached out to them. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, pretty intimidating at first, but you get used to it over the time. Nice, nice. So we're listening to Nick, Laura right now. It sounds like, like so much of this is like industry related stuff, right? But like, I can hear he's like, at the same time, he's enjoying being a student, had a really like interesting background. Let's see, you're still, are you still with us? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my monitor seems to be bugging out right now, but it should be fine. Hope it, hope it goes well. Let's see. So that, that covers so much ground there. You know, we know it's in store for people who take on that Android University club. Let's dig into this. Like, what, what is, what else? You mentioned Android is like a really big ecosystem, right? It's a big yeah. What, the, what else does it do besides mobile, if anything? For sure. Um, I personally have only worked with like the mobile uh, application, but um, there's it's vast what you could do with Android. There's so many things that you could do with Android. Uh, there's like, uh, I think last time I searched it up, there was like 2.5 billion devices active on, that run Android. So when you think Android, you think like phones, right? but actually they have like those smart watches that run android uh that's like it's running like the same kind of code that you're running on an android device you have home appliances now like homes are becoming smarter and smarter oh excuse me smarter and smarter and all those are running like android or uh and you have the cars this is something i found out recently which like blew my mind because like uh, when you start, uh, start up Android Studio, it shows you like what you want to build. They have like a tablet or a watch. And there's one was like a car like thing. So I didn't know this, but like I went because <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest, I don't have like the money to have like a like a newer car. But like these cars are running Android. And my cousin, uh, when he pulled up, I he went to his car and I saw and it was running Android. I'm like, what the heck? There's so many things. Oh, another cool thing is like the smart glasses. I know they used to be a cool thing like back in like 20, like 12, like the Google Glass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like those stuff. Yeah, those run all Android. Oh, another cool thing that I've seen recently was like the mirrors. Have you seen those mirrors? 
I've not actually. Yeah, there's like mirrors and like it tells you like all the information. Like it's like it feels a mirror and then it's like you connect it to like uh, it's a basic. So it's running Android. So you could do anything you want. You have music uh, like the weather or you could uh, like ask it questions like, you know, how like you have the Google Home and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's basically an Android device, but inside of a mirror. So you could see like how many things can apply to like Android, like development. So yeah, it's very big, very big market. Yeah, I love that. I guess that goes back to like, it's also open source too. So that's what yeah. you do. It's like this is probably some guy out in his like basement or garage and I was just building like, I just feel like actual Android robots. Like yeah, this. yeah, for sure. Cool, cool. And I got to point out, people can't see if they're, if they're listening right now, but Nick is saying all this as he's wearing Apple AirPods. In his- <laughs> I, we can keep it a bit good balance, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, this, these were a gift. Uh, I would not buy uh, anything that's not Android uh, on my own. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not big on the like, oh, everything has to be one thing. I have an Android device and an iPhone or and I'm running a Mac, but also uh, interested in getting a desktop. So not one where to like hone in on one thing, like, oh, it has to be like Mac or, oh, it has to be, you have to be, why aren't you running Linux? What's the deal with that? Or uh, yeah, some, so it's definitely keep a balance or something like that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, I'm joking, but like, obviously, as engineers, we gotta know it all. We gotta know, like, it, it's always better to know more tools. Exactly. We've been through a lot so far. I wanted to finish up with a couple hot seat questions. So, for sure. You know, whatever, whatever just comes to mind. Let's just see. You mentioned you, you and your peer group, your, your cohort, uh, read a lot of books. I'm curious, what's yeah. been like your favorite book to read this year? Uh, favorite book. Um, so I would say this one, I definitely recommend everyone to read it. So this is something I picked up over the summer and I'm not, <laughs> this was like when I had a lot of time and I used like all the time that I had like uh, productive. And it was definitely this book that helped me do that. It's The Power of the Habit by uh, Charles uh, Duhigg. Yeah. Um, I could send it to you after, uh, but yeah, like it, it it, it doesn't tell you like, oh, what you need to do uh, to be productive or the habits, but it's more of the study of what habits are. Like there is this guy who was, uh, unfortunately was like in an accident mm. and they lost all like uh, the ability to like make their own decisions. You get me? So, uh, yeah. but what they found was their old habits were still there and like, they would, he would say he would go on walks every day and he would take the same route. But given his condition, he always had to go like accompanied by someone. And one day the person that they accompanied didn't go with them like on accident, they woke up and the door was open and they were like, well, where'd he go? And they were out looking for him and they couldn't find them for 30 minutes. And then after 30 minutes, they're like, okay, let's go head back. And when they went home, he was right there on the couch, just chilling. And he's like, oh, like, where were you? He's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know, I'm just on the couch, like watching TV. And what they found out was uh, people around saw him walk the same route over and over, like, and then he went home, like on his own. 
and he had no um he didn't do it on his own it was like a force of habit so they found like you do something like productive you're not even thinking about it so it's definitely a group but there's so many other stories like that and more research <laughs> i'm doing harm like explaining it but definitely uh that like definitely motivated me uh to do a lot over the summer uh given like the gym's closed uh i started running and at first i couldn't even like run a mile <laughs> without like dying like halfway but uh at the end of the uh summer i was running like eight miles like on average a day while doing the ips workshop teaching at coder dojo and uh training to be the tpm for for code path this this fall so definitely encourage you it makes you think about how to use your time and how to develop those strong habits that keep you motivated that's amazing right yeah and, and for that book too right and it's not just like stories but it's like it's actually like practical tips too yeah as well for sure is. Nice. On that note, like, what's like your your favorite non CS course you've taken in college, or like non thing, having related to you have like you have a really colorful history with like baking and, and agriculture. Yeah, and has any of that carried over into like uh, your studies? And like, if so, what's your favorite non CS course? Uh, favorite non CS course. Uh, let's see here. Oh, okay, yeah, for sure. Dr. Soto's philosophy class, man, that, that class, it definitely makes you think about like your decisions and how the world works and how, uh, uh, what's it called Western philosophy has affected like, uh, all of the United States and what we could do, like, uh, what other, cause mostly the, well, the reason why I liked it so much, because in most like philosophy class, you only get taught like the Western philosophy, uh, like principles. Uh, we did learn them, but after that, we actually dove into like uh, non-Western. So we learned from like South Africa or Latinx uh, philosophers, which which provided like a different uh, viewpoint of what Western philosophers were uh, saying were like a way to like live life in a sense it gave me a different way to think because uh made me realize like because there was no concrete answer of like oh this is the way of life or this is how something needs to be it's always like your opinion like if you believe it's some way uh someone else is going to believe uh, a different way which uh basically means like you make your own reality in in a sense yeah so th definitely one of my favorite uh non-related CS courses. And I'm definitely happy we took that course. All right, what is the favorite, okay, I like this, this question is about your spending habits. So what purchase of like less than or equal to $100 has made the most uh, impact to you as a, as a student, as a, as a, any of the rules you play at CSUMB or Code Path? Okay. Under $100. Um, so that book that I mentioned is under $100. That one is probably going to provide you the most like bang for your buck, so to speak. So definitely that one. Uh, something that I've used under $100. So CCMB is on the mountain. <laughs> so like 
or like on a hill and the parking lot is like way down low so when we would go over there you would have to walk uphill like every single time so investing like ten dollars into like those lime scooters definitely went <laughs> went a long way uh, this uh mac uh holder it like elevates your mac so it's like right in front of your screen instead of like looking down low and you're like hunched over that one's a good uh cop that i got from uh amazon um uh, i think that's what other things yeah i think that's that's things that made the most difference everything else is probably over the budget but yeah it's very tactical very tactical yeah just imagine like csumb is like you know nick's got this background right now right now <laughs> the hidden leaf village from now yeah. like, I get to see all these mountains. I can imagine he's going up these mountains for, for, for clients. Yeah, it was definitely a struggle. So last question. Who, if anyone, is your favorite hero in technology? Who's been an inspiration to you? Uh, I know all you've, got, you've done a ton of shout outs, like your, your cohort, your teachers. Do you have any like favorite heroes in technology, like, like in the wider industry? Or? Um, in the wider industry, I believe, um, not too. Um, I know a lot of people uh, look up to like the greats, like maybe like uh, was like Elon Musk or uh, like the CEO of Google or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I believe um, looking up to people like similar to me, in a sense, uh, someone uh, that I could see myself becoming or stuff like that. Uh, so I think my heroes, uh, first of all, uh, my father, uh, very hardworking uh, man, like he came over here uh, to the United States, uh, worked his butt off and now is working here. Uh, uh, I aspire to be maybe like someday like in education and some people that really impacted that like a lot was my first CS professor, Professor Correa. Mm -hmm. uh, he's from the Salinas Valley as well. And knowing someone that's came from your background, same area, and is doing something like totally different. And he was super funny, like super chill. Like his classes were the best. He's someone that I looked up to and I could see myself becoming like a professor someday. Uh, another one is Artiaga. She's another uh, professor here at Harnell College. And then, uh, of course, Satya and Utsap, which are like the main ones that run like the CS, uh, like side of CSUMB. I know Satya is always doing something like he's always busy. Like it's if you want to contact him, it's not going to happen, which is something like I aspire to be because he's like doing ABCs or or he's preparing because apart from doing like his ABCs, he's also doing like the under CS uh, N3 program. And there's another program called the CS++ program. So he has two programs to like look over. So he has so much like stuff that he has to do, which I'm like, yeah, that's something that I like to do is just like gravitate to like any opportunity that I have, I'm gonna add it to like my belt, which uh, yeah, some people I look up to for sure. I did not know that about Sapia. That's, that's pretty, that is pretty hectic. Yeah, he's a busy man. He's a very busy man. Got it. All right. Well, that is the end of the episode, Nick. Congrats. You've made it. Awesome.
that survive. For for like me school students or like people who may be listening to the podcast. Uh, what was the question? Uh, what would be one question that you have for like uh, May school or like the people who listen to this show, maybe like just starting out in, in CS, they come from different backgrounds? Oh, okay. Like if I were to ask them? Yeah, like it's going to be like a way, like a poll question you have or like you know, what people's favorite bakery treats are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, since I gave off like the book that made the most impact for me, uh, I'd like to know, uh, make school students, what book has made the most impact in your life, career, uh, and recommend it, drop it. Yeah, I definitely would love to know what book uh, I should pick up. Okay, nice, nice. We'll get, we'll get that book club staring going on. <laughs> for sure, it's make school book club. All right, Nicholas, thank you so much for coming on. Hope you have a good rest of your your, your day and, and, and going into you have like winter break coming up, right? Yeah, next week is finals for CCMB. So after that, I'm free to do what I please. Uh, hopefully, focusing on some side projects. But uh, this weekend, I would like to announce that I got a PS5, like randomly, like oh super goodness. weird that I got it. These are like impossible to get and i got it uh, like the randomest way which is pretty cool all right we'll have to hear that story on the next episode or in the future again nicholas thanks so much awesome see ya